When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belbit DeVoe. This is Chuli Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India RE. Oh, much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. Comedian Lou Nell is here. She's always got a lot of projects on her plate, including Hacks on HBO Max. Plus, she's in the docuseries Fat Tuesdays on the way. Her and Lonnie are going to reminisce about the good old days starting out in comedy in Hollywood. Cafe Mocha begins now. What's on your mind, Lonnie? You know, uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to my man, Guy Tory. His documentary, Fat Tuesday, mm-hmm. is out now <laughs> on Amazon. It's got a lot of comedians talking about the beauty of Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday was um, every Tuesday in Hollywood at the Comedy Store. It was like uh, all the Black acts would be there. And Guy Tory started it and booked it. And a lot of great people got jobs because of that. And it became and you know, a favorite. You think that because it's Hollywood that maybe it's not so racist, but it was the mid-90s. I remember I just moved here and you had the black comedy club mm-hmm. in the black neighborhood mm-hmm. and the scouts wouldn't go to Crenshaw to the comedy act theater to check right. out the acts. And South so of Pico was a problem. <laughs> basically, guy said, well, let me let me rent out the little belly room that holds a, a handful of people. And he started bringing in people that weren't superstars yet. I mean, the Chris's Chris Tucker, Chris Rock, Martin, like, you know, Steve Harvey, Kevin Hart, people that hadn't blown up yet. And it became so big. Mm. And such a big deal. So, you know, as part of uh, as yeah, it became of- a moneymaker and it was a way for, you know, on Tuesdays, like, you know, they had the big names, but he also, you know, gave people like me a start. And yeah, Tiffany I was say, and, did you do Fat Tuesdays? All did the time. Oh, but um, you had to be ready for Fat Tuesday because there, there was a black crowd. It wasn't it wasn't yeah. the, 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 the white crowd that <laughs> was normally there. We, uh, you know, there were plenty of Hennessy as, uh, <laughs> at the bar that night. They would double up the Hennessy uh, containers for uh, Fat Tuesday. Tuesday. So, but definitely. Um, so I'm just excited to see it. I'm very proud of him for um, for doing this. This is is historic. Um, this is part of our Black history as well. Now, there's been drama Uh-oh. in the talk show world. Mm-mm. I've been telling y'all, see, that's the thing. My good sister, about to talk about? My good sister, Whoopi Goldberg, <laughs> based on what you saw with her, with what happened with Sharon Osbourne being let go, with, you know, changes with daytime talk, what's happening with Wendy Williams, the host does not have control of the show. Well, the host never did. But some people in the past have oh. felt like... <laughs> come on, come on, Pop Bill Cosby. Yeah. Come on, Lonnie Cosby. 
hosts have control over these shows. And I, this is another example that I right. try to tell people that mm-hmm. no host, I don't care how great you are, how powerful, how well light, you, you are, are not in charge of that show. That show is in char- is is ran by a studio. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the studio will put you on timeout. They will fire you. They will hire people that you and you mm-hmm. have no type of mm-hmm. you you I I'm like trying to explain this to people. And mm-hmm. again, this is another example. So yeah. when the next time someone is let go and you see a rumor like, oh, they wanted this person fired. That's not, even if they did, they couldn't make it happen. The studio is in control. Control. Mm. The studio is in control. If her her co-hosts are reportedly mad, there's still nothing they can do about it. Right. There's nothing that they can do about it because that is not their show. They're not in control. And Whoopi is a fan favorite. Yes, And if you notice, for her to say what she said, and still get suspended? Wow. wow. When you have yeah. Fox News, they they will never take up for Whoopi. They were taking up for Whoopi. Wow. It's like, it's like, so I did all of that to say that we don't have control over these shows. The only shows that you have control over is when it is something that you are executive producing, helping to produce you, and it's your on show and even then well i mean roland is different because roland is it it is literally his own show but even if you're executive producer of something there's still the people that are in charge of signing the checks the people that green lit your project that ultimately have the final say yeah you know yeah especially when it comes to us you don't see a situation very often where the powers that be let a person of color come in and go, oh, yes, do what you will. That ain't happening. It's not happening. No, it's not. And it's like, it's so people need to really understand that. And, you know, they've been all kind of like boycott the view for two weeks. A lot of Mm -hmm. the fans are like, we'll be back in two weeks. We'll do this. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's a, it's a mess. On the way, comedian Lunell not only made her name at Fat Tuesday, she's in the documentary from beginning to end. Lunell is next on Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. I'm Angelique along with Lonnie Love and Yo-Yo. Lunell is one of the hardest working comedians on the planet. She's currently on the road with Cat Williams and is in the HBO series Hacks. Lunell is on the line. And Lunell, we're talking about Guy Tory and his legendary black comedy night called Fat Tuesdays. It pretty much gave aspiring comedians like Tiffany Haddish and Nick Cannon, even Chris Tucker, regular stage time. You were there. Why don't you tell us a bit about what it was like for you and what that night was? As we look back, and that was so important because there was no place for people to go see continuous black comedy at that time except south of uh, the 10 freeway off of Crenshaw where Robin Harris was at the Comedy Act Theater and at Guy Tory's Fat Tuesday. It also was a huge deal to even have a black gathering or black room on Sunset Boulevard. That was like unheard of and it took a lot of work for him to get out of the little tiny 80 seat belly room down into the main room, which was packed every single night 
with the hottest black rappers, the hottest black celebrities, the boxers, the stars, the models and everything. It was Mm -hmm. um, a time when we sort of were all so hungry at the same time. We met and gathered at these places and it was an explosion of really good black comedy at that time. I would dare say that the comedy now is suffering because it is not as good as it was when we was all hungry. You got cancel culture, you got uh, people's sensitivity, you got this ain't nice and this ain't right, but we didn't have that back then. We were just going balls through the wall and it was slap the back back of the person in front of your chair, <laughs> fall down on the floor, spit your drink out, fall down funny. That's when all the people that are put on now curate, curated their, their talent. And um, it was just amazing, amazing time. And the documentary totally captures the mood of that time. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Comedian and actress Lou Nail. Uh, she will be uh, part of the Fat Tuesday Guy Tory docuseries. You also know her from HBO Hacks. She's also the ambassador for Rihanna's Savage Fenty line. And you can see her YouTube show. Hey, Lunell. What's up, Lunell? Well, hi, everybody. And um, <laughs> just, to, just to correct one little thing, my YouTube show, Hey, Lunell, is on hiatus right now. But there are 62 episodes up on uh, YouTube. If you want to binge watch, you can do that <laughs> like we binge watch power and everything else. Okay. And also... It was Savage X Fenty lingerie. Lingerie. Oh, that's what what I want to talk about. You know, you being an ambassador for the lingerie line, I was so proud because as a plus size woman, I felt like finally it's Mm -hmm. something that I can, I actually can wear and it looks good. So how did that come about with, with uh, getting on uh, Rihanna's line? It was totally a fluke. I, you know, <laughs> my, um, there, Rihanna's tour bus driver was a friend of mine because he had been our tour bus driver when we was on tour with Kat 15 years ago. I kept in, Damien and I remained friends and kept in touch all this time. And he called me on FaceTime one night and I answered, I was looking crazy, laying in bed. I'm like, what's up, dude? And he said, hey, girl, we was just watching you on the tour bus. And I said, we who? And he said, my client. I said, well, who's your client? And Rihanna popped on the FaceTime. <laughs> oh! uh, uh, well, I was looking crazy and almost broke my nails off trying to get a screenshot of that, which I've never posted, <laughs> but I got it. Uh-huh. And she proceeded to tell me that she's a big fan of comedy and that she was a big fan of mine. Well, I was flabbergasted, you know, mm-hmm. and she was looking all regular, beautiful, but regular, you know, scarf on or whatever. And um, so we were talking and uh, I was, you know, really excited. And I told her that my daughter really liked her, her lingerie and uh, thought it was really classy. And I told her, I said, I wish that you made it in larger sizes. We'd like to wear some lingerie and support a black woman as well. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I do. I said, you do? She said, yeah. I said, well, I want to be a model. She said, okay, let's make it happen. Well, I was, thought it was just like Kiki talking and get off the phone. That was the end of that. Yeah. But in, within two days, Rihanna herself hit me in my DM and asked me for my email. And I gave her my email and shoot, contracts started coming over. 
pay rates started coming over. Wow. And and then you have to go through a catalog and pick out what you want to model for that month. And, and you know, to get your sizes and they send it. Then you have to put it on and you have to photograph yourself, submit some pictures back, and then they tell you which ones they love the most. And then you post them. You have to do that twice a month. Well, I thought I had bit off more than I could chew, actually, because when the lingerie came, I'm like, oh, Lord, wait a minute. Hold on. How am I going to shoot myself in this and this, and this piece of spaghetti string and look, look good? And I got four brothers, you know, that follow me on Instagram. I'm like, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. How can I block them? I don't want them. But but then, you know, it's not like I was doing it for Rainbow. This is Rihanna, you know what I'm saying? So everybody right. kind of, you know, it legitimized the fact that I was a certain age and had my my behind or my entire body very well shot i might say uh, posted up on instagram twice a month you know i have a daughter she's got friends she had to go through that yo your mom's yo now your mom's you know and and so it came with a little bit of trepidation but uh at the end of the day I'm re- i was really proud to do it and i got a lot of positive feedback about that yeah you did and it was it was so encouraging you know, but I, well, this is the thing that I like about you, Lunel, and this is the question, is that have you always been outspoken? Have you always been, you know, authentic and real or did it come about? Because it, it's even, it, please follow her on IG, follow Lunel on IG. She has the greatest post. <laughs> did it take you time to, to, to say, this is who I am, this is what I'm going to be, to be fearless or were you always like that? Well, first of all, like a lot of people think they know me, but they actually don't. I'm the eighth of eight children. I have mm. seven brothers and sisters. I have 17 nieces and nephews. I was raised away from my brothers and sisters. I was raised in California. My brothers and sisters were raised in the South. We all have a wicked, wicked sense of humor. I'm not the funniest one in my family. My entire sibling tribe except for my oldest brother ain't got no good sense of humor but uh but uh the rest of us are just are, are very wittily uh gifted and um we are also the type that have very cutting type of humor where you know if you don't have a thick skin you probably don't want to hang around us at the, at the cookouts you know <laughs> but i but being that i was raised in the bay area I went from Oakland to the suburbs of Castle Valley. I was raised and educated in all white schools. I developed a sense of humor, I think, because I used to be very quiet, a little Janet Jackson, like being eighth, you know, just like anybody trying to listen to me. But um, when I started being myself, is because when, like, when things bother me, or if somebody bothered me, or I saw injustice or whatever, if I didn't say anything it sort of made me sick. It sort of made me physically sick to hold things in that I wanted to say. And just uh, at some point, I just started blurting out what I felt, blurting out what I said, what I meant, and I sort of felt better. It was like freeing. It was like made my pressure go down. And I just uh, been that way ever since. But I didn't start out that way, no. Well, I love it, Lunel. I mean, because it's something refreshing and it's something that's needed, especially from us as Black as black women. Uh, it's Cafe Mocha on the line, comedian and actress, Lunel, um, also brand ambassador for Rihanna's Savage Fenty lingerie line, and Cat Williams, mm-hmm. 
the World War Three tour. I know. I love that. I, I love that. <laughs> it's a hundred city tour. It's great because Kat's been my friend for like twenty years. We we met in Oakland. Me and Red Grant met in Oakland. Me and Mark Curry are from Oakland, and all of us are on the tour. And the three of us, me, Red, and Kat, were on tour together fifteen years ago. Mm. For mm. for fifteen years to pass. And to reunite again, I don't think it's been done before. And I never thought it would happen to me. But here we are, friends for all these years, back on the road together, literally having a ball everywhere that we go. Also, with it being Corona, you know, when we started the tour 15 years ago, we were playing improvs and stuff like everybody else. There was mm-hmm. five of us, four of us, two addressing room. But now we it's a different time. And not only because of Corona, but because of cat's popularity, we're doing arenas only. So everything is, you know, 5,000 okay. seats and up. I'm not sure if comedy is the same as hip hop, where they only allow one female per tour. But I wanted to ask you, how does it feel being the only female on a hundred city tour? Well, I'm not the only female, actually, oh, okay. yo. And how okay. you doing, girl? How you There's doing, three openers. <laughs> There's three openers. There's Aaron Thompson, okay. who was a former LAPD and quit his job mm. to be on tour with us because his calling is really comedy. And I had met him at the Savoy and I told him, I said, I'm going to get you off these streets before something happens to you. And he started going out on tour with me because I had a tour going on before I got with Kat. So we called the three of us, myself and Shay Sugar, my, my, my cousin, comedian Shay Sugar, and Aaron Thompson. We called us up the tour within the tour. But Aaron, there's three like openers before the, the big part of the show starts. So there's Aaron Thompson, comedian Jen Thomas, Zoo Miller. Then okay. Red Grant comes out and then Mark Curry, and then myself, and then Kat. So mm. there's people on stage as you're walking in and all that stuff, and as everybody gets settled. You know, it's just a rite of passage. Everybody got to go to that opener spot, you know, when people are coming in and getting their seats and all that. Too bad, you know, but the three of them go on before the big, big part of the show starts. So there's really um, seven of us that are on on the tour. And can I say, Lunell, I mean, and you you know where I'm coming from, Cat Williams can put together a show, but he also can sell out the show with no advertisement. What? <laughs> yeah, we're not doing a lot of, yeah, we're not doing a lot of interviews. I mean, I probably do more interviews than anybody, mm. uh, we're, but we're not doing the interviews. There's no, you know, big flyer campaign. There's no commercial on the radio or anything like that. We just put the tickets up and then let the chips fall where they may. And like I said, it's 5,000 seats and up. We've done all kind of all kind of arenas, and um, you know, it's a um, it's a trip for me because you know I still perform in the clubs as well, but then I go out with with Cat as, as well, so I'm still doing like sort of balancing both, and uh, that's the power of because at first when we started the tour, I'm sure people wanted to come to see is, is he gonna show up, what kind of state is he gonna be in, is he funny? Well, yes, yes, and yes. And mm-hmm. people are leaving the arena, wiping the tears from their eyes, talking about <laughs> us in the car, posting on Insta story, posting on Instagram, and we're killing the game. And you know, we're not no mamsy pamsy nice kid type of comic. Pat is raw, I'm mm-hmm. raw, yeah. Red Grant is raw, and Mark Curry has become raw because he was <laughs> even saying that during his time as hanging with Mr. Cooper, 
he had to always be aware of his image and be Mr. Nice Guy. But, you know, Mark suffered a terrible burn accident yeah. about nine years ago when he almost died. He was in a coma and everything at a home. Uh, he had an accident at his home where he caught on fire. And then after he healed and came back on the comedy circuit, he sort of had a effort attitude and he was mm-hmm. able to let himself go. That Mark Curry is slaying out here on this tour. He is not Mr. Cooper. That was a character. Oh, he is Mark Curry oh my from Oakland, California. And we stand on the side and watch him every night. And every night is tears because he's goofy, he's funny, and he's crazy. And the tour is amazing. <laughs> I love and, and, it. And he's stupid on Instagram. Let's not forget that. His posts Let's are not hilarious. That. <laughs> yeah, they are. He's ignorant. It's crazy. And I've been knowing him for, you know, many, many years because, you know, I know Mark when he used to work at the grocery store. Okay. Check out Lunell in the Amazon Prime docu-series, Fat Tuesdays. The conversation continues on Cafe Mocha. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Cafe Mocha. This is Cafe Mocha. Comedian Lou Nell is on the line. Yo, yo, you had a question? You have worked your way all the way to the top. Your work ethics are incredible. I have watched you over the last 10 years just the hard work. I mean, how's your health? I know you had a setback just a while ago. How's your health? Oh, well, I did have COVID uh, eight days and I was done because I was back. So when I got it, just saying, I did go through two knee replacement surgeries during quarantine, which helped to change my life and give me the quality of my life back. But let's be clear. I am nowhere near the top. I've worked my way to the middle, but I'm not at the top. I've never been a regular on a television show. I've never had a television show. I've never had a special. I've never had a parking space. I've never done anything like that. People just see me pop up because I do so many things because I'm a reoccurring character on the HBO Max television show, Hacks with Gene mm-hmm. Smart. I'm John on that. Love. Nobody would expect that. Yeah, Hacks is a mess. <laughs> I just taped four episodes. I did one episode last season. And the show got nominated for 15 Emmys out the gate. And Uh so they brought me back and I've taped four episodes already for the new season. I do stuff like that. You know, I pop up on, you know, Lonnie's show before and stuff like that. And, you know, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not nowhere near the top. I wouldn't say people got their foot on my neck, but while I'm an underground people favorite, Uh maybe not so much a favorite to the network people because I'm not playing the game. I'm not playing by their rules. They're going to have to play by mine a little bit because Uh I can clearly live without any of that. I'm doing fine financially and spiritually. But I'm just saying, you know, they they like a certain type of person who likes to get along. And I love to get along. But I'm also very black woman empowered. I'm also very vocal about racism. I'm also very vocal about female uh, rights and you know stuff like that and if they don't mm-hmm. want to do right by me then you won't see me on any of that stuff and I'll continue just to make the people happy because at the end of the day no matter what show it is it's always about the people they're mm-hmm. the ones who give you the ratings and stuff like that and I can hold my head up in Beverly Hills 
and on Crenshaw. So everybody hey. can't do that either. You well, need to I guess put that in you. a bottle. I mean, you <laughs> okay. know, so many, so many of us come out here and feel like we have to sell our souls and we yeah. are happy to do it, thinking that we're going to get somewhere and then wind up not getting anywhere. And then we have no career and no soul. So thank you for, you know, thank you yeah. for standing up for what you believe in and showing that you can have both. Yeah, she's know. a, she's well, a, you know, an example. Well, you know, the thing about it is if you're going to get in mainstream television, there are rules and regulations that you do have to abide by. The problem with me is that I'm not good with rules and regulations, <laughs> you see. And, uh, I, you know, I have to have the type of freedom to be me. You know, we're, we're currently I, like I want to be the next black woman in late night. Mm-hmm, I don't think mm-hmm. that I'm a daytime TV type of chick, but mm-hmm. I do want to crack that old white boy thing of late night. And I don't want to do the same pattern. I don't want to come out and do the monologue and sit down. And blah, blah, blah. I don't want to do it like that. I'm more of a, they used to have a show that I would like to pattern my show after. Um, years ago, they used to have a show called Playboy After Dark. It was very relaxing. Hugh Hefner uh, had the show and he would have people on like Paul Mooney and Dick Gregory, but he would also have musical artists on and people were lounging around and having drinks. Snoop even did a show like that <laughs> uh, years back. But I want my thing to be more like that. And they've had black women late night before, but they haven't had the right one because I'm the right one. Sounds like you're that. on your way. <laughs> she is. You know what the thing is? And it's no excuse in this day and age where we have all these uh, stations, we have all these streaming services. You know, it's 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 not just, you know, you are a rule breaker, but it's also about racism and sexism in this industry. And that's what you constantly fight. And that's why we would constantly try to uplift as much as we can for you on the platform. Now, before we go, um, the last time I saw you was at the wonderful Paul Mooney's wake at the Laugh Factory. And you actually, you were wonderful mistress of ceremonies. Can you tell me a fond memory of him and what made him so great? Well, Paul Mooney, like myself and Mark and Laura Hayes is from, you know, Oakland, California. And you get a certain ghetto say qua, I'll say for lack of a better <laughs> word, when you're from from Oakland. And uh, I always looked up to him because he was an icon that I could easily see. And I trotted around behind Mooney for years trying to get his attention. Mooney only likes you if he respects you. Mm-hmm. And 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 after he finally got a chance to sit down and watch me, his respect grew and we became great friends. I've been in the bed with Paul. I've been on planes with Paul been on buses with Paul. And I miss my friend dearly. Um, I remember that um, like Paul, like like soul food, but, you know, uh, toward uh, getting in later in his life, his uh, cousin who traveled with him would always try to keep Paul on a, you know, low carb diet and stuff like that. But I was I was always the one sneaking him some sweet potato pie or maybe, you know, <laughs> egg and bacon sandwich or something <laughs> like that. I was the anti Christ when it came to uh Paul's diet. We um you know, we've we've been halfway around the world together because uh when he was touring with Dick Gregory toward the latter years of his life, it was me and Paul and Dick Gregory together. And then when I couldn't do it any longer because I had a commitment, then, then I, you know, passed the torch on to Melanie Camacho and Melanie went out with them as well. Um, I just know that Paul has been a huge influence in my life. 
I know that Paul was a big cheerleader for me speaking up and not taking any trash. Paul was a big uh, influence in the style of humor that I do, which is just me. Like, I don't sit down and write out my material that, like, people think comics sit me right. You got to do this, develop this joke. I don't do that. Basically, I get paid to talk and be myself. I, if I, I, I don't, uh, uh, people call that being a scripted comic if you go, they go to New Jersey, they go to Chicago, they go to San Francisco and do the same material. I don't ever do two shows the same mm-hmm. because something might happen on the way to the show. And I want to talk about that, mm-hmm. you know, and I know how to spin a story and make it humorous because I have a Bachelor of Arts degree in English literature. Another uh-huh. note that people don't know. And I know how to construct a story and I have the gift of gab. It's a gift. So I don't, you know, I'm more of a, like a spontaneous type person and, and even though Paul had material that he had developed, he was very off the cuff as well. Cause you know, something might go on in the audience and now Paul's not doing anything that he came that he thought he was going to do. And now he's doing <laughs> stuff about that. And I'm, I'm sort of that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Lunell, it's always good to talk to you, sis. And I just wish you well, you guys, you can catch, comedian actress Lunell on the World War III tour with Cat Williams. Go to LiveNation.com for those tour dates. There are a lot of dates out there. You can also catch her on HBO Hacks. Great show. Great show. And she's the ambassador for Rihanna. Miss Mama. And let, let, I know. Ooh, that ASAP <laughs> Rocky, he's a snack, lucky girl. But I, I just <laughs> want to give you guys a shout out too because Mocha's been going on quite a while. Lonnie, I, I don't even know if your TV people know about this radio program that you, you've been on here for years. And yo, yo, girl, we're going to have to have a talk about this reality TV girl, because I never would have thought in my wildest days that I'd look up and see you on uh, Love and Hip Hop. But, you know, you are. It's how you met your success. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's exposure as well, because, you know, out of sight, out of mind with these people these days. So, you know, it's, it's a good look, I think. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Lunel. We appreciate you. Thank you, ladies. Right on, right on. Right on. Lunell, check her out in the must-see docu-series called Fat Tuesdays about how one guy helped launch the careers of so many big names in black comedy and integrated comedy clubs across the nation. Fat Tuesdays is currently streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. The Espresso is brought to you by Olay Body Wash. We hit the red carpet for the premiere of Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope. We asked Jordan if it's going to be as scary and weird as Get Out. I think you can expect to uh, obviously not not know what to expect, but you're going to get scared. So I hope you are ready uh, for, for a good scary movie. Nope is about a brother and sister trying to solve the mystery of their dad's death. Daniel Kaluuya plays the brother. It's the already see brother and sister narratives. Which on Town Mountain is the film that with those two little kids and brother and sister and they were twins. It was an old school film and they had like powers. That's the only time I've kind of seen a brother and sister narrative. So it was amazing to like do that, attempt that. Kiki Palmer plays the sister and here's how she described working with Jordan Peele. I would put him in the same category for me as the modern uh, Hitchcock, Spielberg. When I'm working with Jordan, it's larger than life, you know what I mean? Not only the scale in which he wants to put the productions on, but also the way he's looking into the characters and stories he's trying to tell. Nope is in theaters now. The Espresso is brought to you by Olay Body Wash with skincare super ingredient collagen. Olay Body 
It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Oh, my gosh. This guy, this guy. All I have to say is, he funny. Uh, comedian. What? Uh, Let's go, man. Let's go. What's up, girl? Tommy Davidson is on the line. Tommy! Tommy Davidson is on the line. His new book is called Living in Color. And of course, we know and love him from a thousand things, including his stint on In Living Color. Tommy, thank you for joining Cafe Mocha. Yes. Thank you guys for having me, man. You know what, Tommy? What was so incredible, um, what I found out, some information that I didn't know about you. I didn't realize that you were adopted and your book, Living in color. Living in color. color. I didn't realize that it was speaking on so many levels, you know, because, you know, I was just thinking about the 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 uh, mark you made on in living color. But it's more to it. Can you explain? Yeah. The reason why I call it living in color, because I am a black man who was abandoned as a black baby in Mississippi Mm. in 1968 and was found in the trash randomly by a white woman who then moved me to Wyoming and Colorado, not knowing I was black. Then I moved to Washington, D.C. with an all-white family, and the black people beat our ass and were calling me White Cracker Lover and my family White Crackers. And, me white cracker lover and, my family. and I went to my mom and I was like, why are they calling me White Cracker Lover? Because I like graham crackers. I was only five years old, you know? Oh, I know said, we're supposed to laugh. She said, that's what people but... your color. Huh? I know we're supposed to laugh, but this is so painful to hear. It was, it was, it was hurtful to me because I was like, well, why do they hate me, you know? And I'm like, well, what color am I? And my mom said, well, you're black. I said, no, I'm brown, like crayon. Right. And you're peach, like crayons, right? And so she was like, no, we call, I know you're brown, but we call you black. And you guys call us white. And I was like, well, everybody got their colors mixed up. And then I moved to the suburbs because the black people were kicking our ass so much. That's the first time I heard the word mm. And grown men were chasing me home from the playground, like everywhere I went. Like I'd be riding my bike and I, like a guy would like stop his car and run right at me with like a stick, like kill that n- you know? And so finally I went to my mom and like, who are these n****? We got to stay away from them, you know? <laughs> and she was like, well, that's what people our color call people your color. And I thought that was the stupidest thing ever. And I was scared all the time, you know? And then when I was growing up, it'd be like four black girls waiting to beat up my sister for no reason. So I'd be there fighting four black girls. Then I had to fight their brothers. Then I would go around black people. I mean, uh, white people. And then I had to fight them. So it was like a long time before I really like started, you know, realizing that, wait a second, I am black and they're white and this world is different. You know, so ironically, I ended up on a show called In Living Color. Mm -hmm. So my sister called me and said, why don't you ever talk about mom? You know, and that's why I wrote the book because I was like, I didn't know that I was ashamed of my mother because every time I would mention, every time black people would see my mother, they start treating me different. Like, oh, you think you special or whatever, you know? And then every time I went around white people, you know, you know what happened. So I spent a whole lot of time being confused as a kid, but I finally figured it out. Wow. Tommy Davidson's book is inspiring. It's called Living in Color. And if you haven't already, check him out on TV One's Uncensored. This is KBLA Talk 1580. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio. Socially savvy on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Serving up more Cafe Mocha on the way. And already, check him out on TV One's Uncensored. It's Cafe Mocha, Angelique, Lonnie Love, and Yo-Yo. Our guest is Tommy Davidson. Lonnie, go ahead. Um, How long did it take you to write this book? And what, you know, because I'm writing a book right now, and it's just when you do write a book, you have to relive all these things. How, how mm-hmm. long did it take for you 
to do it because I know some things, sometimes it can be really hard reliving this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, Phil, you know, it took eight years total to get the book done. It took, it took um, three years to even get a publisher. Wow. You know, and That's then it terrible. took like five years to finally get it done, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was kind of tough writing it, but it was also kind of, um, it was kind of enlightening too, because this book is actually for you guys, for people who do what I do, because we're in such a crazy business where people turn on you and you don't know what's going to happen around the corner. Yeah. And my life was like that too. All the situations that I was in, I, I put them in the book so that the reader, if they're going through anything, they may be able to use that as a, as a, as a map to like trans and all these situations, they'll be happy as person you know we want to do what we want to do i'm sure that you guys identify and then we finally do what we want to do and then this thing called fame comes along mm-hmm. and then all these people start either changing around us mm-hmm. or at least it seems that way mm-hmm. you know and it's really not that way so i know you guys have heard this one before well some of us have a real job and i'm like well, why don't you try <laughs> this for a minute oh for real right you at know least what I mean? you get to go to bed at 10 and o'clock so- right <laughs> we don't <laughs> Right, exactly. So it was, it was just all the combinations of things where I said, you know what, I may be able to help somebody else go through the stuff that I've been through and yet still be happy and still be down for my own cause and still be people kindly. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. We're talking to Tommy Davidson, his new book, Living in Color. Now, we love that you got your new book. But we also are hearing about the Proud Family Ooh, reboot. Yeah, man, you <laughs> better get on the soul train. We're so happy. Oh my god! And, and the one that's most happy is Love Proud. Love Proud been around a long time, and he loves Proud snack. Hey, where you at? Hey, call me. I see that monkey. Don't bring him to me. You know. So we we that has that has brought that has raised a whole army. Of, of children that are now like mm-hmm. 26 and 7, yeah. 28 yeah. and got their, own, got their own thing going, you know, and they watch about family and we're proud to be who they are because of our show, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You, you know what I love about cartoons is that even though this is years ago when there was Disney and there was Nick and there was WB Kids, everybody still watched the Proud Family. Yes. Yeah. You know, those little, the, the white 30-year-olds, they know the show too. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Disney is busy these days and they're doing a lot of stuff. But the one thing about our show is since we were like mostly an all-black show, mm-hmm. we always stood up for the show. Right. So you had, you know, had all these things that were on Disney and, 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 you know, there's so many stuff, Aladdin and all this other stuff, you know, and we were the only ones that represented us, right, right. you know, just like in Living Color, we were the only ones that represented us, but we weren't different than white people or Spanish people or anything. We were just funny and really, really good, right. but we, we deserve spot too. Right. And that's what it's all about. Like, like you, Lonnie, in comedy, you're a black woman, you know, in comedy, you're doing your thing. And you're surviving this. You don't have to necessarily be like anybody else. Right. And like you, yo, mm-hmm. you know, yo came, man, yo came in early, like the days of K-Day. Yeah. And like her and Light and all them, Cardi B and them wouldn't even be around. Right. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, like we're still here, yeah. you know, and we, but we still got our backbone on, you know, we still, we still know who we are, you know? Yeah. And it's always good to see, it's always good to see, you know, artists who've been around for such a long time. Um, we were just talking to another um, artist on the line. Just to have that longevity is to be commended because so many times you fall down and you just you just want to put it to the side and say, oh, I'll just ride this one out. But no, I mean, to still see you alive and in living color, it's just a beautiful thing. That wraps up the show on KBLA Talk 1580. If you miss any part of the show, go to wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Type in Cafe Mocha Radio. Click subscribe. Problem solved. Until next weekend, you know where to find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Where you listen to podcasts. Type in Cafe Mocha Radio. Click subscribe. Problem solved. Until next weekend, you know where to find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com.